are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Park the sound at your favorite Tar Heel voice. Welcome to Locked On Tar Heels. As always, it's a great day to be a Tar Heel. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Thank you for joining me today. Do yourself a favor. Make sure you download, subscribe to the Locked On Tar Heels podcast from anywhere. You can also join the fun via Twitter by following at Locked On Heels or me personally at Candace D. Cooper. Today's episode is brought to you by Bill Bar. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. So here's what I have on tap for you all today. Our five key observation over Wake Forest Carolina game. We'll give our grades. How did we do? More importantly, let's give some awards. Breaking records. I mean, it was just a weekend where if you were sleeping on the heels at one point, I think you better stop. <laughs> Finally, we've got soccer ACC championship weekend results. Let's find out how the Tar Heels did here on today's show. So again, I hope you guys had a great weekend. I hope you had an awesome, beautiful weather-based weekend. It was beautiful outside. A little chilly for my liking, but you know, I'm I'm a 70s and breezy kind of girl, but I'll make it do what it do. It was certainly a great time in Chapel Hill for the Tar Heels as they had the opportunity to play the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest. What a game it was. Sam Howell and Sam Hartman battling for the top spot, I guess, to be the best quarterback in the ACC because that's what they sure as hell were pulling for. 53-59 game. Tar Heels come up with the victory. I don't know if you guys are watching via ACC Network, but damn it, if they could not get Sam Howell or Sam Hartman's name to save their life every five seconds. Sam Howell's frustrated. I don't know how he can be frustrated when he's on the sideline. We don't see the camera panning to him, but they were always mentioning Sam Howell and they were supposed to be talking about Sam Hartman and vice versa. It It was funny to me, but I'm also like, hey, if you want someone who can get the names right, hire me right? Period. (laughs) I will ensure that I say their names five times fast and be able to deliver for you. But When it comes to our five key observations, how did we do? How did we fare when it came to the Tar Heels? Let's talk about it. I said on Friday, I do not want to see us give up big runs. As I talked about from the Duke game, it was frustrating to see that they were still light for them when it came to their run game. And I just needed Carolina's defense to ensure that they were not going to get that. Now, Carolina's D is fifth in the ACC in total defense, but the Tar Heels have given up more than 400 yards in four of the last five games. Kenneth Walker and Christian Beal Smith had combined for a thousand rushing yards and 15 touchdowns on the season and the Demon Deacons were just lighting it up from their perspective but shout out to Carolina for holding it down. (laughs) We're going to talk about defense a little bit later but they did they held their own. They held Beal Smith to 120 yards on the day and Walker the third to just 51. All right, so, you know, positive takeaways from defense because it was not so positive in the Twitterverse when it came to talking about Carolina's D all day, and honestly, deservedly so in a lot of regards, but here you are. Now, number two, the ground game for Carolina had to have another big day. The Demon Deacons are allowing 180 rushing yards per game with three of their opponents gaining in excess of 200. So shout out to Devontae. Williams for 101 yards and Michael Carter for 74. Sam Howell with a solid 21 yards and a rushing touchdown. We all know it was a shootout between Sam Hartman and Sam Howell with 550 yards, six touchdowns for Howell, but nothing to sleep on from Sam Hartman for 429 yards and four touchdowns. So the Sams were slinging, slinging that rock. And I mean, all day long, you, if you blinked, 
I promise you, you missed a touchdown. If you went to the bathroom, <laughs> you missed a touchdown and a momentum shift during that game. That was certainly one that you could not leave your seat. Now, number three, don't take a quarter off. I tell Carolina this every freaking week. <laughs> I try to tell y'all, y'all can't just be going to sleep. And in the Duke game, they took the third quarter off. And I just, I, I talk again about how the Clemsons and the Notre Dames of the world, the Alabamas of the world, the common cop top five conversation you want to be in, they don't take quarter quarters off. You know, they might take a couple plays off, but the entire quarter, not so much. And so, whew, it seems that Carolina went back to sleep in that second quarter again. That's our Achilles heel. I guess they were tired of going to sleep in the third, you know, from the last game. So they said, oh, you know what, we're just going to go back to our usual stuff and go to sleep in the second quarter they let wake put up 21 as they headed into the half and the deja vu was all too real because as we know from last year uh, wake forest put up 21 points and carolina was not able to chip away and come back from that deficit but this year proved to be different and that this team is really resilient and they were it's a different year it's a different energy it's a different vibe and despite the fact that you know sam howell did play a team on his back there were plenty of moments where that defense really fed off the offense energy and stepped up when it mattered weren't great <laughs> we're tired as all get out hands on hips probably in that second quarter but when it mattered especially towards the second half of that game they stepped up and stepped up at very important moments of the matchup now number four get out of your own way carolina mental mistakes costly penalties take advantage of wakes bye week you know, I just sometimes I want to talk to ACC refs because I'm confused as to what they I just want to know what they see. Like if there was a podcast to start, if I could do locked on ACC refs podcast, I would love to do that just so I could talk to them. Like, what is your vision when you're making the call? Like, I get real time things versus what I see on TV and things going slower motion. I, I would love to know kind of just what is your mindset when I'm calling, you know, uh, interceptions or calling misplays, holdings, all that and what have you, pass interference. All, what what do you think about, right? What gauges it for you where somebody's hands pulling this time, but we're going to let it go in this regard. Just, you know, so if David Locke, you're listening, if you ever want to start Locked on ACC Ref Podcast, I'm your girl. I just, I want to talk to them. It was better for Carolina. I will say there was great ball protection, no fumbles, one interception that I think was still shaky. But it seemed as though Carolina was still shaking off, you know, opportunities to do well in moments where defense, when they were getting frustrated, they would hang their heads, right? The mental mistakes that they would make when they gave up big plays or they gave up big runs or, you know, they just didn't kind of contain the way they should have. It, you could see it all over body language. You could see the way they were talking to each other or not talking to each other. The communication was off. And I think that's something that Carolina's defense just has to keep working at. I think the leadership still has to step up another notch. That's all I'm asking. Just two more notches, two, two more good notches to step up in that regard. Um, just making sure that at the end of the day, yes, you are not the offense side of the ball where everyone adores and loves. And we all know this is just the age where college football is all about the offense, the quarterback's flashy, cool. But I'm telling you what, there are still people like me who love a good defense and I'm okay with you watching some games in trenches and learning how to do your damn thing. Now, I'm hoping, and I was saying this last night, that Carolina 
defense had the opportunity to watch the Saints and 49ers game because the Saints defense was one a beautiful whew, and they normally have some horrible secondary but Saints defense in the trenches them boys are hitting hitting okay they were making sure that you remember them every time you got popped. <laughs> and so I hope that guys, you know, when they take time to film them, they watch some of these pro games and they see how you have to disrupt, make these quarterbacks uncomfortable from start to finish in order to really secure and throw people off schedule. And that's what I want from Carolina's defense. If anything I want them to take away from that, that is my number one thing. Now, number five, final key observation that I had from Friday, defend Keenan. Carolina is undefeated this year at home despite having no fans this season. Still undefeated at home, period, okay? Still plenty of things to clean up, but there are very positive takeaways, both offensively and I'll even give defense. <laughs> I'll give them a little bit of love to take away from that game. I'm going to tell you just why. Just why we can be excited about this team, even if nothing else. If we win not another game this season, there are certainly things that we can take away and be positive about. But the only, the final thing I'll say that was funny to me, I don't know if you guys watched the game in full, but trying to give Javante Williams a targeting call <laughs> on his block of a defender as he was trying to, you know, create a hole for his teammates and they were trying to say that was targeting because it was home until I said the man just got put on his back and that's okay and I, I just again locked on locked on uh ACC refs podcast because what were you think like he just hit him you know he just put him to the ground Javante is a strong man <laughs> that should just make him feel good, real good on film day but we gotta lighten up a little bit when people get their feelings hurt just a bruised ego it wasn't a flag just a bruised ego but yes let's talk about some of the awards and records broken on Saturday's game and how important the Tar Heels need to feel energized and good about themselves as they head into a bye week more importantly to a big matchup against Notre Dame coming out of that next here on Locked on Tar Heels do you ever feel like you're always on? I mean, same. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes I just need to celebrate responsibly. That's when I reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. It doesn't matter what team or sport is playing, Coors Light from Coors Brewing Company, Golden Colorado, is the official beer of watching any sport or team just to drink. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Make sure you download, subscribe to Locked on Tar Heels podcast from anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can leave five stars, leave a review, all that good stuff. Make sure you subscribe so you can never miss an episode. More importantly, you want to catch up from Monday, talk about Friday and all the in-between. Let me tell you, our Mondays always recap the football games as we go into this. We're heading into the final games of the season. We have Wednesdays where we're getting Mac Brown's midweek press conference. And Tuesdays and Thursdays, we keep it real jazzy. Throw some basketball action out there. As you know, it's NBA draft week. Cole Anthony is who we'll be watching for. So we're going to keep you guys focused on that and keep some updates when it comes to that. Fridays, we always give our five key observations and we talk about, you know, what we're going to head into the game. Obviously, being a bye week, there's nothing to have five key observations for. So we might throw in a little interview this week and give you something razzle-dazzle and fancy. You never know, but you got to come back every single day so you can hear it. All right, so let's talk about some awards and statistics when it comes to Carolina football now. I know Mac Brown has his Mac Mondays press conference. He's going to give you some good stuff. At the time of the recording, I don't yet know who his players are the game. But my players 
of the game. My predictions would be offensively, no one other than Sam Howell, <laughs> who was the Walter Camp Football Foundation National Offensive Player of the Week. Let me tell you why. 742 yards, 550 passing yards, and six touchdowns. Period. Okay. Sam Howell just beautiful sight to see and there were people that were arguing like oh he's not one of the great quarterbacks in the game right now I'm like are you sleep slow or just not all there when it comes to football because no you're not gonna play my man Sam like that okay Sam threw for 232 yards in the first quarter which was the most of any FBS passer in a game this season and I also like to say, I always talk about don't panic whenever we're down going into the fourth quarter. Don't worry, because Sam is Mr. Fourth Quarter. He's 88 of 133 when it comes to completion and attempts in the fourth quarter. 17 passing touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns, and zero, yes, zero turnovers when it comes to the fourth quarter. He doesn't make mistakes in the fourth quarter. Now, does he go to sleep in the second and the third? Absolutely. <laughs> there are times when I'm like, Sam, you're not all the way out there. Wake up, sweetie. Okay. But when it comes to that fourth quarter, he turns it on and he tries to finish. And sometimes he, he plays hero ball and it works out. And sometimes, you know, his uh, receivers don't catch. But hey, we'll live to see another day. I'm talking to you, FSU game. <sighs> I want to let that one go. Now, Another stat and statistic and award, Javante Williams, still leading the NCAA with 18 touchdowns. My other uh, players of the game when it came to defense, I would give it to Chaz Surratt. You know, Chaz had a solid game for Chaz. I normally am hard on Chaz this season because I don't think he's had his usual stellar performance. But all in all, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with Chaz's performance in thinking that he's starting to turn a corner. <laughs> no, we're starting to get it when it comes to leadership standpoint. He ended the game with 14 total tackles, seven solos, and one sack. One, two tackles for loss, which was a solid performance. Jeremiah Gimmel with 10, 6, and, you know, just a great performance from him. But Patrice, Renee, Cam Kelly, the guys in the backfield doing their thing. You got young guys, Chris Collins, making sure that they get their, you know, names and everyone's doing their part. <laughs> everyone's trying to do their job. And that's all we can be happy for at the end of the day. Special teams, I would give it to the whole crew. And I'll tell you why. Because, for honestly, they just didn't blow it. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have an opportunity to score many three uh, points during the game, but they made their field goal, the one that they had. But it was really much just touchdowns for the rest of the game. But more importantly, though, the when it came to punt returns and it came to kicking the ball back to the Demon Deacons, they didn't blow it. And I'm just – that's all you can pray for for Carolina right now. We're just going to start small, measurable goals, the smart goals, measurable, attainable, realistic, and, you know, timely, all that, all that good stuff. So shout out to the whole crew from special teams. So those are my offensive player of the game, Sam Howell, defensive Chaz Surratt, and special teams whole crew. We'll see if I'm right. We'll see if Mac Brown and I are on the same page. Usually we're vibing. I'm not going to lie. Usually we're on the same page here. But we'll talk about it on uh, tomorrow to see my accuracy, and I'll break down further Mac Brown's press conference and what he's liked about the team's performance. More importantly, what he's looking forward to when it comes to uh, Notre Dame. And, you know, honestly, he might just take a day off, which is totally fine with me. <laughs> he deserves it after a long weekend. I will say, though, I'm going to need Mac to wear a covering over his uh, shield. As we know, shields don't do a whole lot. So, I'm, you know, I got to protect my man. That's an aside. But I just need – the, the shield things are cool. But I want Mac to wear it. So one more, one more thing, if, if we could have that, right? Now, Sam Howell almost had three receivers with a 100-yard game. 
Newsom and the Brown brothers. Three. Three receivers with 100-yard games. Like, that's insane. Daz and Deami finished for a combined 18 catches and 352 yards and four touchdowns. Beautiful. Beautiful. It was just... You got to love it, right? You really got to love individually having, you know, your weapons just shine. I'm I'm really happy for these guys. I really am happy for the confidence that's like you're it's finally clicking that you're good and you're performing well and you're performing under pressure and that's what champions do. That is what good teams do. They face adversity and they say, "All right, hold my beer." Not really because we don't drink, you know, as underage, but hold my beer. I'm going to do it. I'm going to exceed and be phenomenal. So, Final rundown of the stats. Let me just tell you how great Carolina Wake Forest game was for the Heels. Carolina tied their largest comeback in program history, largest second half comeback in program history, largest home comeback in program history. Sam Howell had the most passing yards in program history. Sam Howell had the most passing touchdowns in program history. Sam Howell had the most touchdown um, receptions for anybody in program history. Sam Howell had the most yards in a game in company, I will say, 742. Sam Howell joins Lamar Jackson as only players in the ACC history with six passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown in a game. <clears throat> That's incredible, right? I Every record, just keep them following. Keep them following. Marquise Williams obviously congratulated Sam as you heard him here on the podcast talking about how they have a great relationship and he pours in the same as they're from, you know, similar backgrounds in terms of being from small town country boys. And they talk about fishing, hunting, all that good stuff. And a lot of times they talk about anything but football, but you know, he gives and drops gems every now and again when he can. And I think it's just great to see, you know, the Carolina family truly supporting each other. So let's wrap up today's show let's talk about just overall what it means for the heels the confidence it means and what can we look forward to next on locked on tar heels all right folks as you know i am on this new fitness journey since retiring from swimming i have been looking for great treats to stay fit but keep me nice and toned that's why i've leaned on built bar built bar is the best tasting protein bar ever with 18 amazing flavors that are 100 percent covered in chocolate built bar is even more delicious if you're a health conscious person like me you'll enjoy built bar because it's a low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber and great for the keto diet head to builtbar.com now and use promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off your next order all right so UNC wins 59-53 over Wake Forest leaving them 6-2 and 6-2 and two in the ACC and still in control of its destiny right avenging last year's loss was a big confidence booster for not only this team but for recruiting purposes I mean if you beat every team in the state that's nothing to slouch on. So Carolina has beat Wake Forest. Carolina has beat um, NC State. Carolina has beat Duke. And, of course, you know, every school, we're not talking about ECU, App, Western Carolina, all that. We're talking about the four big schools, I guess you can say, you know, the ones that are in the ACC, and we can argue that. So what does that mean for Carolina? Have they ever done that? I uh, can't give you a statistic on that. I didn't do that research, but I can argue it's been a long damn time since they've been beat all three and beat all three in very two in dominant performances, but one just from emotionally dominant, you know, they, they, they gave them everything they had 
And normally it doesn't come out positive on the other side for Carolina, but for once, Lord knows, it was certainly that against this Wake Forest game. So now Carolina gets to enjoy the bye week. They get to heal. They get to prep for Notre Dame coming up November 28th, which will be at 3.30 on ABC. So we don't have another noon game, but it's not a night game. But it's back on ABC. A little nervous. A little nervous. You know, I'm trying I'm trying to woo-saw. Because, you know, 3.30 is, like, just around that time where it's like, I could take a nap. But if I do, I probably won't be able to sleep through the night. So I just need to go ahead and just suffer it through. Um, <laughs> more importantly, though, I think that Carolina still has that sun sunlight. So they'll still be able to prosper. But this is a huge game. This is the game where I think... Carolina can finally redeem itself coming out of, you know, a bye week. Everyone's always either you heal right and you're really on a roll. And I wish we would play this coming weekend so we can keep that momentum high, feeling good about themselves. But maybe it'll give them enough time to come off the high, which I think Carolina struggles when they're on set high. And they usually, you know, feel themselves a little too much and get spanked. So I don't want them to get spanked. We saw Notre Dame and Boston College game and Notre Dame had a little bit of a struggle in the beginning and ended up pulling away certainly from Boston College, who I think arguably might be a team to look out for next season in the Eagles. But Notre Dame is going to want to prove that, yes, you guys brought us here in the ACC. Not only are we going to dominate every single one of your teams, but we're going to do so handedly. And I want Carolina to please make it a game. Like, just whew, Sam Howell, I want you to demolish Ian Book. That's what I want. That's what I'm desiring. That's what I'm believing for. So we'll just have to, you know, continue to think about, dive into, give the statistics, give you the rundown, give you the five key observations as we head into the Notre Dame game. Now, that's all the football I've got for you today. I've just, I've said everything I could say. I'm going to have to keep going throughout the week because Lord knows we got to come back tomorrow. (laughs) But I want to share some other news in sports. As we know, soccer had their ACC championship weekend. Women's soccer is arguably the most dominant sport in Carolina history, in Carolina athletics. But the women's soccer team fell to Florida State 3-2 and two in the ACC championship game. Both teams had come into the season as ACC champions from 2018 to 2019 and had undefeated records. Now, the Tar Heels finished the season with five first team, one second team, one third team, and two all-freshman team, all-ACC selections. So nothing to sleep on, nothing to shy away from. As we know, it's been a long, long year. (laughs) And kudos to these young women for taking their talents out into play through adversity on adversity. It's just been really a great thing to support and get behind and you know next year there's always next year and hopefully it'll be a year where (laughs) things are ducks are all in a row and people have everything on the up and up because people are wearing their masks but you know that's that on that when it comes to men's soccer men's soccer fell to Notre Dame 1-0 and in the semifinals and you know again great season great opportunities to improve and get better and It's just for all fall sports, you have all of my praise and, you know, I just, I can't imagine trying to navigate playing and going to school and performing at a high level when it comes to these said games. So all my praise, all my, I just, I give it to y'all kudos for trying to make it through such a rocky and rough season. Now, 
When we look ahead to the week, again, as I mentioned, it is NBA Draft Week. We have Cole Anthony, who are we are looking forward to praise. Also, in NBA news, we have to know that there are some NBA tra- trades and deadlines coming up. The NBA schedule is gearing up for um, trades allowed starting today. Draft is going to be on Wednesday. Free agency begins Friday, and contracts can be signed on Sunday. I don't know if you know, but former Tar Heel Danny Green is in that conversation of being traded. And so we'll see how that goes. And if I'm him, I wouldn't even care because I got my third championship. So see you going where I can be great next. But we'll have all of that news. I hope you guys, of course, are some basketball fans out here. And we'll again keep diving into Carolina athletics as we're talking about this team and Roy and the boys and how they are gearing up for a young team, but a youthful and excited team. So we'll have all of that for you throughout the week. So come back tomorrow, right? Make sure you saddle up because it's going to be a great time. <laughs> I'm here every day, here to talk to you about Carolina sports. Make sure you stay smart and stay safe out there. Wear your mask. And as always, go here. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.